Hello and welcome to the Southern Housing Group podcast. I'm your host, Daryl. In episode one, we looked at domestic abuse, heard a case study, and you would have heard a discussion between Bria, Graham and Amy. In this show, which is part two of this series, we'll have a closer look at coercive control. And with me again today is my co-host, Bria. Hi, Daryl. Thanks for having me on the show again. Uh, As you said, today we're going to look into a little bit more detail around coercive control. Coercive control is an act or a pattern of acts of assaults, threats, humiliation and intimidation or other abuse that is used to harm, punish or frighten their victim. That's great, Bria. Thank you for that. So can you just give us a a sort of overview and, and look at what coercive control may look like? Yes, so coercive control could look like isolating you from your support system, so your family and friends, monitoring your activity throughout the day, denying you some of your freedoms, name calling and putting you down, limiting your access to money, reinforcing traditional gender roles, turning your children against you or your families against you, controlling aspects of your health and your body, mm-hmm. making jealous accusations. Can you give us any more detail on coercive control, perhaps from a legislative point of view? Coercive control only become illegal in England and Wales in December 2015. So in terms of legislation, it's quite a new law and it was introduced in the Serious Crime Act. Therefore, we felt it was a topic that we wanted to share in more detail to try and give a little more understanding around the context of it. Thank you, Bria. Despite the fact that you may or may not have heard of coercive control, unfortunately, it's something that's happening every day. Our housing services manager, Laura, who's based on the Isle of Wight, outlines the story of a coercive control case that she's been working on recently and gives us some insight into the work that she's done to improve the difficult situation for one of our residents. I was receiving continual calls re-damaged to a property um, on my patch. Some of the things were very small, like broken door handles, but others were very apparent, like large broken windows. More recently, I had calls about door locks being tampered with um, by gluing. Somebody was super gluing the door locks from the outside. And also the electric box has been tampered with wires being disconnected. Um, The resident had called me quite distressed about the, the locks being glued. And I'd worked with DW to go out and sort this issue out. It was them that actually discovered the electric box tampering as well. Following this call, um, I had to have the letterbox boarded up due to the fact that the ex of this resident was posting liquids and other substances through the letterbox and it was becoming unsafe. Um, In the past, I've had to have things like door handles replaced, but in the bigger issue, windows boarded up, and they were also a means of escape at one situation. These events have been ongoing on and off for about the past year, but each time the risk is escalating and becoming more of a danger to the occupants and other people in the building. The action has to come from the occupants. They are the person that needs to initiate the proceedings to stop this behaviour. Um, all I can do is make referrals to other agencies, which the occupant doesn't always accept, contact and liaise with the police from a housing perspective, and support the occupant at times that they feel brave enough to engage. Um, and I can put in place risk management 
and safety features to make the property safe. When I was speaking to the occupant, um, her words were that she wanted to remove herself from this situation and live a normal life without having to keep looking over her shoulder. Equally, she wanted to be loved and have that love returned in any form or gesture. She said she wanted to be in control of the situation, but had to give up when she reached her saturation point, as she called it and let the other person take control as it was easier. She wants to feel free to live her life as she seems, sees others living it, but has resigned herself to the fact that a secure feeling is the way she knows life now, um, and not as she sees other people living her life. Um, she has also lost a child due to this partner and his actions, um, but she still somehow blames herself and not him she wants it to change but each time there's a window of light she has self-doubt and goes back the other way to the partner's wishes and demands because he says he loves her and this makes it easier for her um, I have supported her um, going out on evenings to the police station to make statements show texts which is she is bombarded with she is stalked and she's given all that over willingly but then when it comes time the crunch she withdraws that statement because she's scared about what's going to happen so from this particular case study it's currently in the hands of the police i have given evidence and uh, cctv had evidence and i am awaiting an outcome from what the police are doing this case is frustrating but as long as I stay solid and I'm there to support her when she asks for it in times of crisis and other change, I know one day that she'll find the strength to make the change. Thank you, Laura, for sharing that uh, case study with us today. I think that's a really, really good example of actually recognising coercive control. You obviously have the skills to be able to talk to the resident who is experiencing this type of abuse to address that with her and for her to understand that actually this is a type of abuse. You recognise that the continuing contact with the service centre around the damage could be related to domestic abuse around the types of repairs that were being asked for. You've worked with the police which is a really good example of what we can do and how we can secure the property for her. These relationships are not easy to walk away from, as the resident has told us, but she knows that we are there and the sort of support that we can offer her. And I think that's a really good example of the work that we can do. And not only recognising physical abuse as domestic abuse, us as a housing association recognising coercive control and working with the other services to support that. For the final part of this episode, we welcome back my co-host Bria, Graham Littlewood, Area Services Manager here at Southern Housing Group, and Amy Fox from our solicitors, Penningtons. What are the signs of coercive control and how would I know if it was happening to me? I think it's really important to remember that coercive control is, is often quite a subtle campaign that grows over time. So um, yeah. sometimes you won't even realise it's happening until you're completely isolated from all of your contacts um, and you're you're just left alone in this relationship. So it's it's a, a very frightening thing. 
I'll give some common examples, but yeah. what you've got to remember, I think, is that you don't have to be suffering from all of these things. Uh, just one of them is sufficient for you to be suffering from coercive control. Some common examples are isolating you from friends and family. This is something that you see quite often where um, an abuser will basically uh, sort of criticise someone's family or say that they're criticising him and criticise their friends. And so eventually they're left completely isolated from them, which is incredibly sad and also um, very difficult. And then controlling how much money you have and how you spend it, monitoring your time, your activities and your movements. So kind of asking where you are all the time and preventing you from going to places, monitoring you via online communication tools or spyware, taking control over aspects of your everyday life, such as where you can go, who you can see, what you can wear and where, even like when you can sleep and things like that. So it's really horrible patterns of behaviour. And uh, what what kind of helps are available for for someone that's suffering this kind of behaviour? So a lot of the things um, are are similar to the things that we discussed in the last podcast. So um, in terms of things like the injunctions you can get, I won't go into a huge amount of detail about that, but I would advise that you listen to the other podcast um, if you do want to find out more information about those. But basically... Coercive control is now a criminal offence, um, so you can call the police and you should call the police, um, and your abuser might then be arrested and charged. Um, as I said in the previous podcast, if you've got access to a phone and you can you can call the twenty four hour domestic abuse helpline, and we gave the number in that podcast, but I'll repeat it: um, it's zero eight zero eight two thousand two four seven. You can leave and go to a friend or family member. Um, obviously. Part of um, coercive control is often that you have been entirely alienated from your family and friends, so that might not be an option, in which case you can go to a refuge. Um, and the free phone 24-hour domestic abuse helpline acts as a gateway to the services offered by refuge, as we discussed previously. And it's also important, um, as I mentioned last time, that mm-hmm. you are aware that you can um, you can flee domestic violence and coercive control, even if uh, the area you're living in is in lockdown. Um, even if you're in tier three, um, you, you can just leave, and, and you should leave if you're in danger of trouble. And I don't know whether you guys, um, we t- we spoke before about what Southern Housing can do in terms of domestic abuse, and I wonder if similar things apply in terms of coercive control <laughs> with Southern Housing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is uh, a form of domestic abuse, um, not like any other, you know. Uh, just because there hasn't been um, uh, violence or, you know, someone hasn't been physically injured doesn't mean that the things that we talked about in, in the last episode, you know, in terms of helping people maybe to, to move to a different uh, to a different home or, or to sort of safeguard them and keep, keep people safe in their own home with, you know, additional locks, uh, alarms on windows, yeah. etc. All those kind of things that, yeah, that we talked about, they absolutely all apply. And we would encourage people to, uh, now residents, to get in touch with us um, you know, if they are being affected by these issues, we can't help in you know in exactly the same way. Um, yeah. uh, you know, uh, uh, as you would be able to. Yeah. Um, just wanted to pick up on something as well that that you mentioned, um, Amy. There, in terms of keeping, uh, you mentioned keeping evidence, which sounds like a you know a really mm. helpful thing to do. Is, have you got any tips around ways that people could do that safely? Because um, obviously, especially at the moment where where people maybe. Uh, are, are in a in a home more often with their uh the person carrying out this behaviour yeah. than they would be otherwise. Yeah. 
yes. Yeah, no, I mean, it is difficult, and that is the nature of coercive control is such that often it's very difficult to get away from the person who is abusing you. Um, if you are able to get out just for um, a little bit, then you could potentially um, call a domestic abuse helpline and, and ask them to keep a record of, of, of everything that's going on. You could um, potentially speak to the police. And as I say, you could go to your GP and just log um, any kind of physical abuse that's happened to you or any concerns that you have. And so then the GP will have um, a record. And obviously you can go and see the GP yourself um, without uh, yep. your abuser there. Um, although it's, it, I, I appreciate that it's extremely difficult in these situations to get away yeah. from the person. Obviously, um, a paper diary may not be um, appropriate. Um, it might be possible to... Um, I'm just trying to think about... If you have a phone, you could potentially... Um, try to keep a record on that but right. only if you don't have if your abuser doesn't have access to your phone um yeah. uh you could speak to a friend and ask them to keep a log but again obviously all of this depends on being able to get away from from the person yeah just to add on to that i Thank think you. it's really important around just making sure that you don't delete text messages and phone call yeah. logs because yeah. a lot of all your social media apps, if there's a history of conversations on there, that can yeah. all be used. I'm sure, Amy, you'll be able to correct me if I'm wrong, but that can no, all be used right. in building yeah. evidence. Yeah, Perfect. absolutely. That's a really, really good um, point. So I think we've already covered the question that I was going to ask around, um, is it a criminal offence, which you've covered very nicely, and that even though you've not physically been injured, it's still something that the police will look into um, continuing with. So is yeah. there any statistics around coercive control and the offence itself that you could provide people listening with? Yes, um so uh, I've referenced this a lot, but the Women's Aid website is extremely informative and it has a useful summary of the statistics on coercive control. Um, yeah. The first thing I would say, actually, is that the um, the offence, um, the, pers- the person who's um, found guilty can be sentenced um, for up to five years in prison or made to pay a fine or both. So um, it's definitely worth um, going to the police. Um, yeah. So in the year ending March 2019, there were mm-hmm. 17,616 offences of coercive control recorded mm-hmm. by the police. And this was almost double the number recorded in the previous year. And I think probably the reason for that is because it's such a new offence. It only came in um, to being in 2015, I think it was. Um, and yeah. um, so it's, it's very new and people are still getting used to dealing with it. Um, so 97% of defendants prosecuted for coercive controlling behaviour in the year ending December 2018 were male Um, but that doesn't mean that men are not the subject of coercive control and it's important if you're a man to seek um, help just as much as if you're a woman if you're subjected to coercive control Um, and then uh, the analysis carried out by Merseyside Police um, found that common abusive behaviours used in coercive control included use of technologies such as phone trackers, controlling social media uses, providing a barrage of text messages, and that's something that I've seen quite a lot in my line of work, um, or monitoring phone usage, um, sexual coercion, monitoring behaviours, isolation, threats, financial abuse, deprivation, um, and physical violence. Um, And 63% of coercive control cases featured reports of physical violence. Um, Also, 
um, on the Women's Aid website again, it, it, um, it states that the vast majority of women experiencing domestic abuse are also victims of coercive control. Yeah. So if you're in a domestic abuse, in a relationship where domestic abuse is present, it's quite likely that coercive control is going to be present too. Mm. Um, so it's definitely something to watch out for. And I think this year Women's Aid done some fantastic storylines with two yeah. major soaps. And I think from, uh, if you were a person watching those soaps, you would actually maybe think twice around, is this happening to me? Because yeah. the storylines were so prominent and so well written around both coercive control and physical violence mm. that I think it's probably made a lot of people think and seeing it in that context on main, you know, mainstream television as well has been a really good step forward for, um, you know, heightening sort of the awareness. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's such an important thing that people are aware of it because it's as I say it's really um it's something that you can often not realize is happening until you're right in it and and almost too Mm -hmm. far along to you've been isolated from everybody and um that your abuser is kind of twisting everything that you that you think so you don't even realize what's happening and so yeah to be to be able to see it reflected on the on the telly and, and and kind of see the the, the things that are so dangerous is really helpful. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, fantastic point. Amy, a lot of our residents probably got children and, and are maybe a bit worried around the uh, the impact that this may have on them and, and their and their families. And I'm wondering if you could mm. just talk to us about the the impact that this <clears> kind of behaviour could could have and um, on on children in, in this kind of situation. Yeah. So I mean. Um, I think that obviously, like all of you said, it is likely to have an extremely negative effect on children um, and and often victims will be doing everything they can to protect their children from the abuser. Um, often the abuser will make threats to um, the victim that they are going to call the police and have their children removed or... Um, you know, if they leave, then they'll call the police um, and things like that. Um, and and I think, as we touched upon last time, that is not a reason not to leave the relationship. Um, mm. You're not going to be punished from leaving from leaving a, a, a relationship yeah. in which you're being coercively controlled. And I think, in in many ways, the sooner you get out of that situation, the better for your children yeah. um, and the better for you, obviously. Um, so I think it can have like all abusive relationships, an incredibly negative impact for children and it's just something to be aware of. I would say in the cases that we've dealt with or we've had around coercive control, uh, one of the main factors of uh, from the victim has been, well, he will get full custody of the child if I mm. leave him. So that's been a yeah. threat. And yeah. Um, yeah. they've also manipulated the child into saying, well, I, you know, I want to go with daddy or I want to go with mummy. Yeah. Again, making the victim feel as though they would not only lose, lose and leave the relationship, but they may potentially use their child. Yeah, which is an incredibly frightening thing to be um, yeah. faced with. It's awful. But um, that is all part of the abuse um, and something that, um, yeah. as I say, it shouldn't be something that stops you from going to the police or stops you from from fleeing the relationship and taking your children with you because, um, it, yeah, it, it's, it's frightening and it's horrible, but there is support out there. There is. 
Thank you, Emma. I think that's uh, that's really um, you know really interesting. Some really fantastic, really helpful points there that um, hopefully uh, listeners and our residents will find really useful and really supportive around some of these issues um, that uh, help maybe make people aware of this behaviour if they weren't before, and uh, just help help them to understand that there is help out there for this kind of behaviour, and that yeah. um, people will will sort of believe you if you report this they will understand that this is domestic abuse and that there doesn't need to be necessarily that 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 um physical or violent aspect mm. uh, towards this behavior uh and that they are still um you know that they are still being affected in ways that's just unacceptable yeah no absolutely and um no thank you very much for having me and i just yeah if you are in a relationship where you're feeling um, isolated in in the way in that way, or you feel like you are being coercive controlled, then do call the police and do, and do leave if it's not acceptable behaviour. Thank you so much for your expert advice. Again, it's been brilliant. Thank you for tuning in to episode two of the Southern Housing Group podcast. I hope you found the information useful. All of the details and links that the guys mentioned will be included in the description of this episode. And in part three of our series on domestic abuse, we'll take a closer look at tenancy. So please stay tuned for that.